0: We are live. What are we drinking today Emily? So today we have a bit of a random mix, very impromptu aromatic selection, right. three white wines. So let's just get right
1: into it, like what constitutes, I mean I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but what constitutes an aromatic?
0: So a wine that has lots of aroma, oh. a lot of smell, <laughs> <That's> so a... <laughs> think about it like music with a lot of sound. All oh, right,
1: I like it. I think if you're like not super into wine, aromatics are a really great way to start identifying what like what you're smelling.
0: I think what's someone who's a Gewurztraminer drinker might definitely think that
1: because <laughs> <laughs> you know how yeah, much I love a Gewurztraminer. Yeah.
0: Gwen is guilty of Gewurztraminer. I love an aromatic. What can I say? Hmm. And it's funny Ooh, because actually, I think you know if we were sort of going deep into this. We should have our we should have stramina here in the lineup and we should have Sauvignon Blanc but we don't today.
1: I remember the first time that I was drinking a, like a fair amount of Viognier or when I discovered Viognier. One of the things I thought about it is I didn't necessarily think of it as a super perfumed one or like aromatic. I actually th- always thought of it as being really saline because most of the ones that I was having had a really like saltiness about them.
0: They're they're definitely sort of mineral fresher pure elements of Viognier. Very interesting because we recorded with Hendrik Tomar right. from Vianam Limit, um, who's a master sommelier, and I, I loved what he said to you, Gwen. He said, <laughs> he said, is for hedonists, and you deal with your own demons. I love that. I love the way he said it, because it was very kind, but very real at the same time. Yeah, but I think it's true. If you and like I, opulence. Yeah, and I actually think uh, Viognier... Has a similarity in that trait in terms right. of when it's overripe, it can be high alcohol, can yeah. be quite flabby, can be quite broad, and these aromatics can become very overblown. Right. And uh, and and it is quite a hedonistic wine. It's very blossomy, perfumed, right. and then you've got. But I think uh, that's peaches peaches exactly what,
1: what brought me to wine in general was perfume. So of course. I love aromatics. Yeah. If you like perfume, if this is something that attracts you to wine, then these are the wines for you.
0: I'm drawn in, obviously, by the aroma of wine and what I'm smelling, what I'm and the aromas, and the little... Into nuances. Yeah. The wines that I'm drawn to are very different to yours, and that's yeah, that's what I love about tasting wine with you because I love Nebbiolo, which is an aromatic. Oh, I love variety. Nebbiolo
1: too, though. But we haven't done a lot of red episodes, so we no. haven't you haven't experienced that with me yet. Actually, yeah. with the reds that I love, the reds that I first loved were things like Nebbiolo because they are so perfumed. Shiraz, Nebbiolo, all these sort of like rich, yeah. deep, yeah. complex smells that are sometimes perfumed but also earthy. They mix totally. the two together with the contrast between. Right. The sweet and the sour. That's what makes it interesting. Yeah, totally. Otherwise, it's one note, and then it's boring. Then it could yeah. be like a Playboy scent off the shelf rather than something a bit more expensive and but interesting.
0: Nebbiolo and then Gerber- we have to do Nebbiolo versus Gewürztraminer. <laughs> Gerber- I don't know if that's a fair but fight. Has anybody ever done that? Because we're going to have to do that. I
1: feel like that's like a fight between like shark versus like bear. Yeah, it's like
0: lightweight versus heavyweight.
1: <laughs> These are like... All right, we
0: might have to try it. will be lightweight, let's Where are we starting today, Gwen?
1: So I think the way we lined it up, I think the bottles are not in order because I think we decided that we would start with Muscat Love.
0: I think that's where we should start.
1: I actually love this label too because it's it like a record. Yeah. And Muscat might Love not... of course is like playing homage to Radar Love.
0: Yeah.
1: So, really lovely label. It looks it's got I mean, it's hard to tell if it's just cold or if it's cloudy, but No, it's cloudy. It's on yeah. It looks lovely.
0: Yeah. So Gwen's just pouring it in the glass here and we can see that there are more bubbles at the edge than there would be usually because I thought this was going to be a bit of a pet gnat style, but it's not. Oh, it's not. Really um, but uh, yeah, it's 100% muskets oh, it from amazing. Fouts in Germany, uh, from this
1: is going to be This is going to be the smell and noise episode. <laughs> We're going to do like experimental sounds. Yeah. <laughs> We've got the dog singing under the table. This is very, very aromatic.
0: Yeah, and... Do you know what? I think actually it's this is an interesting wine to talk about. Mm. Muscat. So Muscat, the grape variety, or Muscat, um, is a great variety that most people have tried. Maybe not in this style, though. They might have tried it in its sparkling form or its sweet form. And it's definitely a great variety that appeals to a lot of people because it's very grapey, actually. It does That's, have a grapey smell. You know, sometimes this sort of elderflower, floral... Uh, sort of pear peachy oh, yeah, totally. flavors yeah. uh, and some citrus definitely there. Oh,
1: it smells amazing. You know, it's funny though, when you were saying earlier about sweet and sour, because I think this is exactly what this is. And yes. I think this would be very delicious with Chinese food.
0: Even Japanese food maybe yes. as well. It's really, like when I smell it now, it's really sweet and sour. Let me rephrase that, what I find interesting about this style of wine and what I, found, what I find interesting about this particular wine, so Muscat we know um, to make some of the most famous sweet wines in the world, so what are those wines that we know from Muscat? Oh, God, don't put me on the... So Muscat been, de Rive Salt, we okay. know, fortified dessert wine from the south of France. I going to say, muscat I Yeah, okay, that one I
1: know. That one Low I know. Low
0: alcohol, sweet, fruity. Kind of
1: one of our entry-level sparklings. I know, you,
0: I can imagine that at a Gwen barbecue.
1: Is that a baby sham? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that made of Muscat? I can't remember
1: what baby sham is made of. Because I think a lot of people do get two grapes confused, correct?
0: Muscadet.
1: Yes, so that's from the one the that's not related. So there's Muscadet,
0: which is coming from the Loire, which is a dry, fresh, right. high-acidity wine, which is usually made in a very dry style. It's very right. rare to see a, I don't know if I've seen a sweet style, but it's made with a grape variety called Melon de Bourgogne. Exactly, Melon de Bourgogne. Yeah.
1: This is not to be confused, because I think that does get confused yes. a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's a really good point, actually.
1: So this one, I think, actually a little bit out of fashion these days, like its lovely cousin, Gewurztraminer. Mm-hmm. in terms of like 80s style but I think this Out one is of
0: fashion with the masses but right. this is in fashion with the trade
1: gotcha yeah and I think actually the more I'm drinking it now a little more interesting it becomes as it hits the air a little bit you get it's getting a little fresher and it's getting a little more sour
0: yeah more of this sort of almost grapefruit pick yeah I mean it's 12% alcohol so relatively low for a white mm-hmm. wine and not that I want to make a thing about alcohol. No, but it's wine. interesting to chat about what yeah. that means. But for a low-alcohol wine to have a nice amount of flavour, I think that makes it quite interesting. It's very nice. It's really sweet and sour pork to me. That's interesting because I've never thought about a dry muscat with that. But actually, I think, I think, it'll it'll on, I think you're on. I you're the money. It might sound like a little bit <laughs> purple. What about craft beer or unfiltered ah, beer? This is a... oh my god!
1: You know, I have. I do have a very interesting. Polish craft beer in the fridge right now that's a pineapple It'd be beer. It would be interesting
0: to compare this up. from a food pairing point of view. If, you've if there's thought similarities. It, yeah, and I, it's not just because it's unfiltered because when we look at the wine, obviously no, it's I cloudy. But there mildly. Is some, but I love that there's this... um site, you know sometimes us sommeliers we criticize musket when it's made in a certain way because it can have this bitterness right but i quite like about this wine i like the balance it's fruity, of things it's aromatic but floral, it still has a bite yeah and it's got this little bitter little, little yeastiness which you get with craft beer yeah totally um so i actually quite like the wine from that point of view so i was wondering you know if we should think about it more of a pairing point of view like a beer
1: yeah totally I actually do think that that yeah that actually makes a lot of sense. And recently there was a bar convent here in Berlin and normally I would probably avoid the entire beer section but because I was with a friend that really loves beers, I went along and found a lot of very interesting beers from lots of places that I would put on par with a lot of natural wines that I yeah. love to drink.
0: Just on the point that you said before about it being out of trend, mm-hmm. and I said maybe out of trend with the masses, in the last 50 years it wasn't so common to produce musket as a dry style of wine it was very common to see it as a sparkling or a sweet style of wine but i would say five to eight maybe 10 years maximum we've started to see these styles of musket be made in different ways out of the norm so not being a sweet wine not being a fortified wine
1: i'm really enjoying this and i think to be honest it's probably not something i would have picked up even though I love an aromatic, I probably wouldn't have picked this up, to be honest.
0: Even with the label.
1: Um, the label is really. I nice. only say
0: that because I know that sounds stupid a to say, but no, but I think it is a. shop. It makes, it it makes, it makes a, a cool. huge difference. Yeah. yeah
1: totally, because, I mean, where did you get this one?
0: I bought this from Vinnie Couture in Which Charlottenburg. Is,
1: well, I haven't been into the shop for a while. I order online. So I necessarily haven't seen this label, but it definitely would have been something that would have appealed to me.
0: It's interesting because I think even though we can all say, oh, there, there isn't any trends, there are always trends, and yeah, of often uh, winemakers working with particular grape varieties, and maybe because they've discovered one producer making something in a particular way, it then inspires them sort to of do mass, right? Yeah, and and I'm not saying this is a very common style, but definitely. In the last five years, I've tried much more dry musket or musket Very nice. on skin with skin, skin contact, contact as well. Oh, it would probably be really nice because yeah. it also
1: adds that little bitterness that yeah. contrasts the sort of...
0: And I was also wondering, flawless. and I don't know for this wine, but I was also wondering, there could be a little bit of skin contact with this wine. It wouldn't I surprise me. Would, it wouldn't me.
1: surprise me either, actually, because it's just that, that little bitterness. bit of bite. Yeah, yeah, just
0: enough little bite. It just has a, enough of that do you find this similar anything else you've tried before mm. if somebody had not tried a wine like this just from more from a drinking point of view a professional drinking point of view let's be honest but if you had to pick another great variety then i'd probably go with would you yeah maybe i've had Reasoning. some rieslings
1: that are maybe are bitey and sweet in the same way with enough acidity because i think like other things that are as perfumed maybe don't have the same like I don't know how else to describe. it. Well, I
0: think it's really nice that you said that, Gwen, because I didn't immediately think of riesling. This is what's so nice about when we taste it together, because right. we see things really from different, different perspectives. Yeah, but I see that because the zestiness, the freshness, the aromatic. I was it's thinking, the combo Sauvignon. Yeah, I Sauvignon guess. with a bit of skin contact because then you lose some of the you herbal know, notes and you get more of this citrusy, grapefruity thing. But I think... And the perfume. I think maybe that's just
1: about what I've been drinking because I think in the... Like Sauvignon is one of those wines that for me was a entry level into interesting whites. So I think I've sort of abandoned the Sauvignon, mm. which is too bad because there are some really great Sauvignon Blancs. But I think for me, when I think about Sauvignon Blanc, it was maybe something I was drinking a few years ago, and then really just New Zealand Sauvignon. Yeah. And it's gonna be something that everyone's having at home, so that maybe less complex than a Sauvignon with some skin contact or something more interesting. There's Not to contact. bring it back to Gewürztraminer, but I did have a lovely skin contact Gewürztraminer from Rocket Wine recently that tasted like a Negroni. It was really cranberry, orange, and had this bitterness to it that really made you just wanna like drink more or eat some food. I
0: can imagine as someone who doesn't appreciate the grape in the same way that you do, right. but if I was putting myself in your shoes or just being a bit more open-minded than I am, that's the truth, Yeah, I would think that with the skin contact, this perception of freshness, right? And you do have that and a little bit more bitterness, bitterness. It could make it a bit more interesting. It was
1: very interesting because when I served it to someone, it was really, it's almost like a
0: cocktail in a bottle. Go. so the wine that you tried was Lysna it's a really Dionysus <laughs> a Dionysus Capelli Dionysus the Greek god of wine which is a man that apparently originally was a woman but then was depicted as a man so very much um, yeah Gewürztraminer interesting 2017
1: where do we go from here? we're gonna move on to Riesling
0: after this yes
1: I think so I'm actually going to down the hatch with this because I quite like it.
0: Gwen, just nicked her wine. Why not? What are we pouring, Gwen? Because you bought this wine. I did. It was in my fridge. Yep. I bought it for myself because
1: it must have looked interesting at some point. I'm going to say it has a th, but I'm going to say Tanish. Yes. Uh, 2017. I know that with German wines, lots of words always happening. So late harvest, dry style.
0: Let's see the bottle. So we have 2017 Tanish. Pronunciation, really? So, so, just coming in here, we're, we've just asked a, a very good. Friend. We've asked an expert, like we have lifelines, and we've, we've asked, asked an, an expert, an expert Austrian chef who obviously is fluent in German his, because his he's language. Austrian. So we've asked him to pronounce the next wine for us, so we don't f it up. Lucas, would you tell us what wine we're about to try? German. <laughs> Austrian man like. Sorry. Okay. Okay. It's not my people's language. <laughs> this
1: is other people's language, but he's better at it than we are. So let's do it. It is.
0: Lieserer Niederberg Helden. That's That's like 2017 from the Mosul in Germany. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much, Lucas. He will, he will join us on an episode soon. And we'll be treated to some very nice food stories.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right now he's dog wrangler and he's in charge of trying to keep the pup quiet.
0: (laughs) We talked about Mosul reasoning before, obviously, on the reasoning episode, didn't we, Gwen? Yes. And one of the points that Gwen brought up, which I think... Everybody kind of responded to, which is a really important trocken point. Trocken is not always trocken. <laughs> trocken is not always trocken. So, um, you know, there can be quite a bit of residual sugar left in the grand scheme of things than being drier than sweet. Let's have we a little th- taste and see what we think. I think that is a pretty
1: classic reasoning. I actually don't know how to describe the smell in wine, so maybe you can help me out. But sometimes there's sort of a mustiness about the smell.
0: When you say mustiness... I mean, like. There's a number of different ways. Musty enough, in terms in, of. Not in a bad way, but in a sort of like
1: very top note, there is a musk, muskiness, as maybe. Yeah, but a better I think. So that's that. the
0: aromatics, that's the floral that's, element of this great variety. That. Totally, Gwen. I agree never with sure you. I'm not sure how to
1: describe that musk
0: smell. It's not always. You know, when people say floral or aromatic. But you aromatic. can you can say musk, and I think that's perfect for this wine.
1: Because I think that that's a smell that us lay people don't necessarily always... We ignore it if we're smelling something, because we'll say, like, oh, it smells like X, Y, and Z. But then there's this, like, top note of musk. You have a
0: very ripe pineapple yeah, on your yeah. table. And that
1: actually definitely has the same musk. Yes. You're right. And yeah. I
0: was sitting next to it for a while, I, has, and I kept thinking, my God, that pineapple is... I, I can smell that pineapple yeah, over everything has, else but there is a pineapple note in this particular wine as well. That's actually a very interesting way to put it because I think I was always a
1: little bit at a loss of how to describe This muskiness that I smell, especially with Riesling, I think more than other grapes, I smell it more with Riesling.
0: Obviously, it's not for everybody because it is a little bit of a a unique wine or a unique grape variety because it is, it is, it's a bit of a contradiction because it is so overblown on the nose. It's so aromatic, so floral. But then when you taste it, it can be quite zesty, mineral, fresh. Yeah, I think
1: this one's really quite, I mean, there is some fruitiness to this one.
0: So we talked a bit about... Trocken and right. residual sugar. I don't think residual sugar should be seen as an enemy by any no, stretch of, of the mark. Not. The residual sugar in this is just is 7.75 grams per liter, which is, it's not super dry. That's no. the same level of sugar as, as an average champagne, for example. But
1: to be honest, it doesn't taste super sweet. It's in
0: balance. Because it has such high acidity, we're dealing with a cool climate area where naturally we have very cool evenings. The grapes Mm -hmm. can rest. They can build up their acid levels. We have this amazing freshness in the wines. So with this... With this sugar is sort of balancing the wines. If we didn't have this residual sugar, the wine would be out of balance. Absolutely, that's where I think it's appropriate to have this level of sugar. Absolutely. The same, like the same way we have with champagne, and we'll talk yeah. about champagne at some point in the future. I'm sure many yeah. times. I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I think you're right, and, and that's what it is. It's a if if there wasn't the acidity that we have here, the sugar would be out of place. Like now, it makes you want to drink more of it. Mm. You get a little sugar. You've that little dryness on the palette
0: and just- There's that same sort of waxy, slightly chemical note that you get. Like we talked about it before and I yeah. said, Tupperware in the sun. Yeah, yeah. This hot yeah, plastic, totally. waxy, kerosene thing. Which
1: isn't unpleasant, don't get anywhere wrong.
0: Because
1: <laughs> actually this is quite delicious. I'm enjoying it. I mean, so far we're two for two. I like both of them. Mm. Super different. How would you say they're different? Like, how would you... I mean, they're both aromatics, but completely different, I think.
0: So for me, I think trying them side by side, both very aromatic on the nose, Mm -hmm. obviously, because we're trying aromatic wines. The muscat, sort of more in this sort of blossom, fresh. On the nose, it's got a very different profile. It's more sort of grapey, more of this floral character, Mm -hmm. almost orange blossom. Then when we go to the Riesling, we're tasting more sort of like apple, pear, citrus, less of the grapefruit that you see in the muscat and more of this sort of, like, apple blossom. Yeah, a little and cleaner. Pe- almost like peach. Yeah. And, white, and lemon, white. waxy, kerosene, camping stove, gas, which sounds awful, not so, yeah. but actually is quite delicious. Yeah. It does, it, it's, but like what we said before, sweet and sour, like yeah. fruit and savoury, and it's like that contrast between something that's appealing it's, and not appealing right. that makes it interesting, like perfume. And exactly. perfumers with the off notes the off that lift... The higher notes. I mean,
1: one of my favorite quotes of all time is Baudelaire saying that everything beautiful needs an element of unusual to make it beautiful. You know, when something is too perfect, it's never beautiful because there's no interest to it. You have to have something a little, (coughs) a little something to strike the chord, one of my favorite quotes. Mm -hmm. So I actually think that this would also pair great with sweet and sour pork, but I think this one would maybe have a wider range of uses for food.
0: Because we it's have that level hair, of I mean. residual sugar, despite it saying Trocken, right. um, with this particular wine, anything with some spice, Thai yeah. food, great. Yeah. something with fish with lemon sauce, lemongrass, lemon ginger, yeah, garlic, chilli, something very, very fresh. like a, yeah. I think, obviously, Szechuan would work very nicely as also, well, yeah. but I love with the idea sugar. of like Thai food, where because Thai food... Has this also again aromatic. sweet and savory, yeah. salty, fat sometimes with the meat, and I think with those elements kind of encapsulates what riesling is all about. Because I actually think I think that
1: rieslings are very well paired with food and easy to pair with food. Mm, I agree because okay. I think they're very food friendly. Yeah, well, I think the muscat... even with it, like a
0: schnitzel, cut yes, through the fat, totally. Let's keep it real.
1: Chicken fingers.
0: What is a chicken finger? It's like a chicken so it's nugget. It's a tiny
1: schnitzel. Yeah, it's okay. a finger of chicken. Okay. Breaded. Instead so of a fish finger, finger as nugget. a chicken. I'm going to say both of these wines pair deliciously with chicken nuggets and sweet sour sauce. <laughs>
0: Prawn crackers and sweet and sour sauce I'm that are left remember. over from your Chinese takeaway. Oh my god, I love And fish crackers. fingers. <laughs> no idea. Also or chicken. No, fingers. in England they know. In England they say, "What is Skips. it?" It's not it's chicken goujons. They say, and I'm, I'm like, sure. why do they call them goujons? They're just the same as a fish finger, but they're trying got to be It's a finger.
1: So the next one is viognier.
0: So we're trying the 2016 viognier from Oliver Zetter. Oliver Zeta. viognier. 2016 from Fouts from Fouts lovely mm. a region that actually I think we've actually covered I think well we haven't covered it in so much detail but we talked about Fouts and Fouts being one of the I think we've sort of flatter Fouts-y hotter stuff. regions yeah. which makes sense if you were having the from Germany of course Fouts would, to would be, be the region that you region. might think of first uh, but I've not come across this wine before so happy to be open to it so I'm going to have a little bit of a smell I'm not sure where I got it
1: it has a little bit, right now I'm going to say, yeah, it's a bit tight. It's got a little bit of a... The nose is a bit closed, you're not yes. getting too much aroma. There is that pine, like pineapple-y mustiness again, but it's very closed. Like you feel like it's got more to offer at some point.
0: Well, I find there is still something that's representative of Viognier. It still has this little peachy aroma to it, for which me, is nice.
1: salty. I don't know why I always think of Viognier as being salty. Maybe you've been drinking
0: a really good viognier from the Rhone where like, it is quite you. mineral. But
1: I always want to drink this with like fatty fish.
0: Lovely like cod like really like fat yeah. fish you just want to like
1: because that saltiness like matches it but then there's enough acidity to cut through. If that's what it yeah, even something
0: creamy. Yes, because it has enough acidity to cut through any fattiness. Maybe not the most exciting no. example of viognier. <laughs> I still think it represents the grape. It Can't still leave. has some peachiness, this slightly floral blossomy note that you see, but not too overblown. And it still has nice freshness, like creamy and it's round. For people that maybe like Chardonnay, that want something that's a bit fruitier and a bit easier, maybe they go towards this. But what's what's the alcohol level? Do we know? And this one is Yeah, it's not too bad. There are a few grape varieties that have this. Also from the Rhone, Marsan and Roussin, they have a little bit of a texture to them that's different to other grape varieties. And I think Viognier in particular, when it can be really ripe, you can have this slight oiliness. You see this a little bit in this wine today. Yeah. There's a viscosity and there's a texture that's different. For people that maybe drink Pinot Grigio or, or have tried Pinot Grigio or Pickpool, for example, Maybe they're too fresh for them. Yeah, because I would think both of those are quite thin. That's what I'm saying. They're so very thin. I think oh. those particular wines are for a certain type of person. Or, you know, if you try those wines and you thought, oh, God, they're too thin yeah. or they're too fresh. Right. You know, looking for something like Chardonnay or Viognier where there is more depth of concentration, of flavour, right. of richness, viscosity right. that you see in the wines. Because
1: I would say that for myself... I think Viognier is something that I'd never, no one had ever talked about. This was something that I found you know, years ago on a shelf, just going, oh, I've never heard of that before. Took it home, found it really interesting and definitely something that I went back to a lot when I first discovered it because I didn't quite understand it. But I was buying bottles of it just to see what was going on.
0: Yourself, you buy a lot of Viognier? I don't. I was at a tasting at the French embassy, so I was trying a lot of French wine and I tried quite a few either Viognier or Viognier blend and I tried some Condrieu which is 100% Viognier right. and I have to say they were amazing wines when they're made sure. well yeah. a lot of integrity to them and I, for wine professionals I think often Viognier gets sort of put on the side as not so much of a serious grape right. variety it's kind but of I one of those things it's... that salt and peppers your list it's not like right, right, Chardonnay right. It's, not yeah. it's not like Sauvignon it's not like Riesling I actually think it
1: could actually it's, I think it could stand up to some Chardonnays I think if you are like I love Meursault And I think right now there's like a little bit of a creaminess and a butteriness to this that I think if I was in the mood for a morceau and I didn't want to spend the money, this is potentially something...
0: Yeah, something with the right amount of body and this fruit. It's got some
1: like bam-bam to it without being super expensive or super over-the-top. You you can drink this without food, although I think...
0: With some spice, it's quite nice. As long as... I didn't mean to make that (laughs) right. Some that spice. sounded Another so hashtag. tacky, didn't it? <laughs> with some spice, it's quite nice. I haven't even played yet. With some
1: spice, it's quite nice. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, oh, yeah. oh, no, oh, gosh. But I think that Viognier, this one that we're having right now, although it... Would go if you were a really classic wine drinker, it could go well with poultry, cream sauces, some like lighter meat, yeah. yeah, also creamy. There's enough acidity, there's a little bit of fruit, but I think you could do more classic dishes with this. So, out of these three, if you had to
0: pick one to take home, what would be your pick? It's like being on a night out if you're a single person. All right, then let me <laughs> let me amend the question. Which okay, one what, of your kids do you
1: like the most? No. Yeah. What's your What's your pick for dinner? I don't mean
0: that in the date context no, no, no. before. That no. sounds a bit weird. But,
1: what's
0: um, your pick for dinner, and what's your pick
1: for a session?
0: Session drink would be musket love because it's light and fresh and zesty. And if I'm drinking Same. something over and over, I want something that's easy and clean. I think I'm going to agree with you on that. Uh, and not something that's going to make me feel tired. Reasoning with spicy food. If I was going anywhere oriental spicy indian for example that'd be great great (gasps) Mm. Mm. viognier
1: tagine oh yeah
0: you and And your i know you love a tagine i feel the same way about tagine as you feel about i know know and actually maybe we need to bring the two together more often i think we have (laughs) once but i think we need to actually do it for the podcast yeah we should yeah like a lamb tagine with apricots and stuff yes, like that it would be, be amazing with and i also think with viognier that yeah, could be same. very nice yeah cool so that's being a politician without actually giving you a, a decisive answer on one option <laughs> i've given you all the options with different uh reasons behind so what about you gwen i'm gonna say i'm gonna agree with you i would
1: absolutely drink muscat love in a session happily by myself or with friends Um, And yeah, it's a little bit of a hard toss-up between the Riesling and the Viognier because they both bring something different. I love Riesling. We drink a lot of Riesling at home. We would love to hear what your picks are for aromatics. Like, what are your favorite aromatics? What do you love to drink them with? What do you love to eat when you're drinking aromatics? What were your biggest surprises in terms of aromatics? And we'll post everything on the Instagram, which is juice.podcast. We would like you to also visit twos.show, which is our website, which even though it's very simple, we have totes for sale, and we hope you join us next week for our next episode. Cheers until next week. Cheers.